this morning. What a beautiful, beautiful day that the Lord has given us. Um, first, we've got a couple handouts to our graduates from high school this year. Um, got one for Cody that's not here, but we will get it to him whenever he comes next. Um, but Natalie, we got you this. If you would come up and receive it and let us pray for you. It's heavy. You can get a workout carrying it. Um, if we would, let's bow our heads and let's pray for Natalie and all the seniors going off to college and new experiences. Um, that the, the Lord works in, in funny ways, and, and when he brings stuff together, I don't believe it's coincidence. I believe that things happen for a reason. I believe that everybody is here today by divine purpose because God has a meeting with you today. So if you would, let's pray for that meeting. If you would, bow with me this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we're coming to you this morning, Lord, seeking your face. God, we're seeking your presence in our lives. Lord, we're seeking change for our families, for our churches, for our schools, for our government, God. We're here seeking your face because you are the difference maker, Lord. You are the reason that we stir each day, Lord, because you, you gave us the breath of life. God, and we're so thankful for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Yes, Lord, it is truly an opportunity. God, we pray for those that can't worship you publicly, Lord, for fear of persecution. God, and we, we pray for those that are battling today to, to keep our rights as a country and as a nation, Lord, that we can worship you freely. God, that we're allowed to gather here this morning. Let not us forget these things. Lord, that there are some things that are worth fighting for. God, and allow us to discern those things that we would fight for your kingdom, God, and, and for your will in our lives. Lord, that you would show us the evil. Lord, that we could cast it out in your name. God, we pray that you would soften our hearts and open our ears this morning, God, that we would receive you everything that you would have for us, Lord, on this very special day. God, we truly are thankful for each and every person and family represented here today, God, because we know with your help we're growing closer, God, and we're stepping up, and one day, Lord, we'll step out. We're thankful for the opportunity, Lord, that you would call us, Lord, that it might be by you and not, for us, not by us, God, because of your son. Lord, we just pray that we wouldn't forget today. It makes all these things possible. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be in James chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Uh, I love James, the book of James. Um, he is pretty much a straightforward, you get what you get kind of dude. Uh, I'm a lot like that. <laughs> but Pastor Bruce always talked about how he didn't have a pastor's heart because he wasn't one to go around and, and burp babies. He just kind of says it how it is, and, and uh, they've just got to deal with it. But I believe that there's a, a special calling on each and every one of us. But my point is, is James kind of puts it out there, and he just says what, he, what God told him to say, and it just is what it is, and it's pretty straightforward. So if you want to read a good solid book James is I love James uh, 
Um, but my topic of study today, and what he had kind of showed me here a while back, there's, there's two kinds of people. If you'll kind of notice, there's warriors, and then there's warriors. And I thought, how fitting is it that, that God had me retouch on this that kind of came to me a month and a half ago as I was flipping through my notes he just kind of showed me that this is where it was at. And uh, I don't know, it just seems funny because worrying is not something that God calls us to do. And he calls us to flee from it because he calls us to pray to him and to leave it into his hands and have faith that God will direct and lead our lives the way he wants it to be. And so therefore, that being said, we got nothing to worry about. But the warrior side is kind of what I wanted to focus on today because there are different types of warriors in your life. There's warriors that are overseas right now that are fighting for our rights that we could assemble here this morning. And there's warriors that'll fight for your physical protection. And there's warriors that'll sacrifice their life to save yours. And then you got prayer warriors and spiritual warriors and all these warriors are important. So in starting in chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him, seek psalm, let him sing psalms. And that verse in itself has a lot of explanation and a lot of instructions, because who are we supposed to seek whenever we're afflicted and wherever we're down and wherever we're struggling? It says, pray. Pray, seek my face. And it says, is any merry? Is anybody happy? Is anybody joyful? It says, sing psalms to me. So it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're up here on the hill or if you're down in the valley, seek him always. Because a lot of times we fight and we claw and we dig and our prayer life is so powerful and we're climbing to the top because we've been in one of the deepest, darkest days of our lives. And you truly felt the experience of Christ and you've sacrificed time to spend time in his presence. And you've dug down and you've prayed with everything that you've got to climb out of that rut and to climb out of that darkness. And you see the light up ahead and you dig deeper and you keep pushing forward. And all of a sudden the sunshine hits you and you're released. And you're free. Because through your efforts and God's, that bondage has been broken. And now here you sit, sitting in the sunshine atop a hill. But he says, don't forget about me up there. Remember the fight. Remember the climb that you just went through. Because a lot of times we fight and claw and dig. And we get to the top and we're like, victory. Yes. And then we just kind of take life easy for a little bit. We don't have the problem, so we're not praying about it. We don't necessarily have a need, so we're not seeking God's guidance. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Something comes back into your life, some kind of sin, and you start back down that hill. And when you get to the bottom, guess where you look again? You see God's face, and you desire Him again, because things get rough. But in this passage, he's saying not only in the valleys, 
not only when you're afflicted, but when you're up on top of that mountain, when you've received blessings, praise me for what I've done. Keep your focus on me. Allow me to stay your spiritual guider. He doesn't want to hear just about your problems. He wants to hear thanks, and he wants to hear joy, because like any parent, you want to see your kid happy. You'll help them through the struggle, and you'll help them beat whatever they're fighting. But guess what? After that's over, you want to see happiness, and you want to hear joy. God's the same way. He's the ultimate father. Verse 14, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The question was brought to me, why the elders? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And then it hit me. Just like any great leader is experienced. Their practices have been tested in time. They've fought failures. They've gained victories. They've experienced both, which has allowed them to get old. How many old people think it's easy getting old? They say it, it takes a lot of strength and a lot of determination to get old. I've had one guy tell me that getting old is not for some not so nice words, but it's not easy. When you get older, you're faced with more things. My mom, we always talked about my great-grandpa Fred. He was, he was 95, and it seems like as you get older, the world kind of spins faster. And my mom was telling me here not too long ago that the world just seems like it spins faster because you're moving so much slower. It takes you longer to do the normal things you would do. And she said, my gosh, can you imagine at the age of 95, by the time you get up and you get your pants on, it's going to be time to take them off and go to bed. <laughs> but these people, these elders of the church, they have spent their time praying. They have seen things that the young have not seen. They've experienced things. Their faith has been tested in ways that ours hasn't been tested. So elders of the church, don't think we've outgrown you or that we're switching things because what you do is not right. We need you. We need your prayers. We need your uplift and we need your guidance. If you never pour into the next generation, the next generation is never going to have it. So that's why I believe that he says call on the elders of the church if they're sick because prayer Let's get into the next verse. Verse 15, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. The prayer of faith. That's why it says call on the elders of the church. Because a lot of times it takes scars and battle wounds and afflictions and pain to gain faith because you step out in faith and listening to God and the devil doesn't like it and he will try to tear you down in any direction I don't know how many people 
when I was sharing the fact that I felt called to become a preacher, said, don't do it. Don't do it. You better have thick skin. Don't do it. People will tear you down. And I went forth and I did it, and there was some slandering, and there was some negative things. But you keep pushing and you keep building. Guess what? Then I felt the call to become a pastor at this church, and God showed me things. And I had people tell me, not that church. Don't pastor a church. Preaching is fine. Don't pastor a church. Don't pick a church. You better have thick skin. Because people are going to tear you down. These are God's people that people are warning me about. It shouldn't be like that. That's why we need the prayers of the elders. They've experienced things. I want somebody that's spent hours and hours and hours in contact with the Lord praying for me. I want somebody that has an established relationship with Him praying for me. Because it says it in verse 15, the prayer of faith. When we circle up and we pray for healing, and I'm going to share this because I was astonished how many people didn't know it. Tony was having problems with her visions here two or three weeks ago. Just the end of the Sunday school class, all of a sudden her vision kind of started drawing in. And she was getting blurry-eyed. And her and Deb got up and left right at the end of Sunday school. And as soon as we heard about it and we got everybody in the sanctuary, we circled together and we prayed for healing on her sight. Do people remember that? When we circled and we prayed for healing on her sight, her sight came back at W Highway. About the same time we would have been praying. Amen? That's stuff to get excited about. That is a prayer of faith, circling the body and coming together in unity of the Spirit, knowing that He has healing power. Knowing that He can do things that are beyond our control, which we have no control over. Prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. More importantly, right? The prayer of faith. Asking Jesus into your heart. Because Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I know I need a Savior. I want you to take control of my life. That's your first prayer of faith. Knowing that you're putting your life in His hands. And that it's going to be okay. Because He's an all-knowing God. An all-loving God. And He cares about each one of His children. And if he could expand his kingdoms to the depths, he would because he says that I wish none to perish. So he's waiting on our prayer of faith that we should accept him as our Savior and that we shall reap eternal heaven, eternal life. What a reward that we have with a prayer of faith. Verse 16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. I don't believe this takes place often enough in the church today because we're ashamed of our sin and we don't want anybody to know about it. Right? How many are guilty of that? I am. 
but it tells us, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Because the devil wants to come in and the devil wants to tell you that you're the only one struggling with that. You're the only one that does that. You're the only one with that problem. Don't tell anybody. It's shameful. That's a shameful part of your life. Ooh, nasty. Everybody's going to label you. Guess what? We're already labeled as a sinner. That's why we're here. This is a shelter for sinners. We're not better than anybody. We just know where to find help. That's why we're here, because we're sinners. And this should be a place of non-judgment. And this should be a place of healing. And this should be a place of building and of growth. Was there anything negative in there? No. Because in Jesus Christ's name, we bind Satan from our services. I pray that every week, every time we meet. That Satan would not be allowed in here. Because we're doing a good work and that's where Satan wants to be. So when we tell each other our problems, you'll be surprised at how many people have the same problem as what you've got. And all of a sudden, guess what? We've got a support group. And we can meet. And we can help each other. Because guess what? Maybe an elder of a church has been there and they have conquered it. And they can tell you how. Or they can support you through it. Prayer of faith. The second part of this verse. It says, confess your faith one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He hears us. When we pray from the heart, God hears our prayers. I heard a preacher say one time, God is not moved by your emotion. He's moved by your faith. So are we talking to God from our heart or are we blowing smoke? Are we trying to polish up the outside so it doesn't look so bad? Or are we actually trying to fix the inside? People praying for you. We have got to come together in unity. You think the soldiers overseas today are all separated out? Everybody's got a one-on-one -on -one battle? No. They're in teams. They're in units. I don't know all the professional terms. But they get together in groups and rarely are they singled out. Because there's power in unity. And there should be power in unity in the body of Christ. When there's no unity, it takes away the power. Our church system today is somewhat broken. Because God doesn't have enough soldiers. God's got more warriors than he's got warriors. And God calls us to be warriors. In verse 17 it says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Saying, we ain't facing nothing new. Ain't nothing new coming our way. Elias was a man 
just like us. And he faced the same passions as we do. And he prayed. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on earth by the space of three years and six months. What a prayer. What a prayer of faith, right? But we have to remember when we're talking about these prayers of faith that it can't have one ounce to do with us. It's got to have everything to do with Him and what glorifies His kingdom and what does good works for Him. I mean, I can pray hard about wanting a huge farm and a nice feed truck and all these things, but that's not really going to glorify God any. So Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if you, any of you, do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. Prayers of faith, sharing our struggles with one another, getting in tune with God, finding that person that will battle for you from their knees. And I'm not talking about spending a couple minutes praying for somebody. I'm talking about taking on the battle. I had a minister tell me one time that his marriage was falling apart. They adopted two kids. They'd been in ministry for about uh, 10 to 15 years at this juncture. And they had adopted two early teen kids that came from a broken home and both of them had been molested at the teenage level. And he said these kids that God told us to adopt were now ripping my marriage apart. The sanctity that I took and the vow that I took to God was being ripped apart. But he hit his knees and he prayed, and he prayed. And he was telling me, because I was facing a battle at that juncture in my life, not to give up because what we think is enough might not be enough because we have human standards, and God doesn't look at human standards. He looks at heavenly standards and eternal standards. And he said, when you feel like you're done praying, pray some more just in case. But you have to find people like that in your life that are willing to pray an intercessory prayer and not just say it because your name's on a list that you got from church, but a person that will spend time, that he will call out your name to the one true God, and he will fight for you, and he will pray for you until you break free. That's not giving up. That's not stopping it earthly. When he was praying for the rain to come back, he sent somebody to look seven times. 
before it started raining. He prayed, and then he said, go look. And he said, there's not a cloud. He prayed again. He said, go look. There's still nothing. He kept going. But God is moved by our faith. We need soldiers. We need people that will fight. I'm going to read a scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I love that verse. It says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. You don't have to just fight the good fight of faith for yourself. You can fight it for somebody else. And you can pray for them. And you can pray for release. I had a testimony one time. A, a brother in Christ called me and he said, man, I am at the end of my rope. He said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. He said, I, I've tried everything. He said, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and, and no result. He said, I don't know what to do. And I said, let's meet, let's pray. Let's meet, let's pray. So we met in the back room of Walmart in Mountain Home. And we prayed. And we prayed together. And the Spirit of God took over our prayer. And we were saying things that we didn't even know. And he walked out of that on feathers. It was amazing. Because he had given it up. He had found somebody to confide in. To unite with in the Spirit. And Jesus said, wherever two are gathered in my name, I will be there also. And he was there just like he promised. And we felt the Spirit of God. And he released him from Satan's ties because that's how we have to remember it Satan's ties he will try to bind you he will try to take you down so when we can find these prayerful people in our lives lay a hold of them because they will help you with your walk and they will help you with your family and they will help you with your friends and they'll do it non-judgmental, just like if Jesus Christ himself was here. Because you're united together in spirit, talking to God. He is here. But fight for it. Lay hold on it. Take charge of it. Verse 13, it says, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep their commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our vacation time, right? I've got a Savior that says, endure, and I'll be back for you. I'm coming back for you. And in me you will find shade, and you will find rest, and you will find love. But you've got to make it till the end. Keep walking. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep seeking. It sounds like a lot of work. 
It is. But guess what? It has eternal rewards. You're not praying for a new Ferrari that you might wreck or get a tree landed on. You're praying for things that Satan himself, no worldly event can pull out of your grasp because you've prayed the prayer of faith and you've laid hold on your eternal salvation through Jesus Christ. And he has a hold on you. But it takes training. It takes a fight. You've got to do something for it. It just doesn't magically appear. 1 Timothy chapter 5, sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Here's one of my favorite favorite verses for bodily exercise profiteth little I mean we could all just stop right there right I'm gonna read it again for bodily exercise profiteth little but there's another side to it so don't stop there but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying worthy of all exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Faithfulness, longevity, enduring, strengthening. These are not things for the weak at heart. But once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're no longer weak of heart because you share a heart with a Savior. You become an heir to an eternal kingdom. And God is up there preparing your room, building your crown, which he will place on your head. You get to live in a mansion. You get to praise God. You get to sing about his glories. And there will be no more struggles. And there will be no more fears. It's all happiness and rejoicing. If you're looking for some of that, you can get it. Pray the prayer of faith. It says, I don't want control of my life because my life under my control is spinning out of control. Jesus, I want you in control of my life because you tell me that you have no bad good for me. All you have are good things set up for me. He says, I won't put any stumbling blocks in your way. If there's stumbling blocks in your way, it's because of your own lust and your own idolatry. That's causing you to stumble. I wish nothing but good for you. And we should seek him always in the good times and the bad. And become prayer warriors, not worriers. 
Because He gives us strength to overcome every worry. He says, I don't give you a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Because we shouldn't have anything to worry about. We're not in control. We've relinquished that as children of God to Him and knowing that He has nothing but good for us. As we open up the altars today, I want you to ask yourself a question. If you would, please stand with me. I want you to ask yourself today this one question. Have I really given it all to God? Have I really given every part of my life to God? If the answer is yes, that is great, and you're a much better person than what I am. But today, we have the opportunity to come forward as the altars are open, to give that back to the foot of the cross like he calls us to do, to relinquish those worries. And he has the power up here by his name, for you to become a warrior. Because God tells us that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. God needs less warriors, and he needs more warriors. You can become a warrior today, but you have to give it all. That's your first step. Your first step of faith is giving it all. And there's no moment like now. There's people that are across seas that are willing to lay down their life so that you may be here this morning. And like I said before, there is nobody here by mistake. Everybody had a divine appointment with God this morning. And I pray, I pray that you came to meet God this morning and that God spoke to you and then he told you, time to let the worries go. It's time to be a warrior. I need more people. I need a bigger army. I don't want to give up. I wish none to perish, he says, but I got to have fighters to win more souls. Who is willing to gird themselves up today to put on the full armor of God and to push forward for people that are weak? He said to help the least of these. You've got to stand up and you've got to step out to help these people. Relying on your faith in Jesus Christ that he has the power. Whether you do it back there or come up here, spend some time with God in this moment. Spend some time with God in this moment. Anybody else? There's still time. We got all day. Anybody else got something on their mind? Don't carry it with you any farther. He doesn't want us to. If there's nobody else, would you please bow your heads with me and we'll close in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, 
We're thankful for the opportunity to be gathered in your name today. Lord, as a body of believers, help us unite in one spirit, God, knowing that we do have power in your name, God, that we can call on you in times of need, Lord, and that we should call on you in times of need, Lord, in times of praise, God, to just give the honor and glory back to you, knowing where it all come from. God, we know that you're supplier of everything, Lord, even the breath that we breathe, knowing first that you breathe life into us, Lord. We just pray that each one here could become a warrior, Lord, that we could breathe life back into your kingdom, God, that we could create a stir among the people that don't know you, Lord, and a stir of among the people that call you Father. God, that we could get excited about what you're doing, God, and, and we could see the things that you're doing and become partakers of the things that you're doing, Lord. We know that you say the laborers are few, God, and pray that we could become more, Lord, that we could grow, Lord, and have more compassion on one another. Lord, we're just thankful for each and every person and family represented here. God, we, we pray that you be with the ones that couldn't be represented here today for whatever reason, Lord. Lord, and as we celebrate this weekend and Memorial Day of the ones that did sacrifice everything, Lord, for some people that they didn't even know, Lord, to be a true hero, you tell us there's no greater reward than to lay down one's life for another. God, and we're thankful for those. Lord, we're thankful for those that are currently serving that are overseas right now. God, and, and those in this country and just around the world. Lord, we pray a special hedge of protection over them, Lord, that you would see them through, God. And if any of them are lost, Lord, we just pray that you would touch them and anoint them. Lord, we pray that you would anoint every person here today, God, that we would become more, that we would want to grow, that we would want to, to fight for your kingdom. Lord, we're so thankful for your spirit here today. Lord, we're thankful for your presence. Pray that you be with each family as we go forth and celebrate. Lord, that you would always be in our forefront, God, no matter what we're doing, that we would see you in everything and all your creation. God, in all that you do for us. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen.